It is 9.33, and joining me now for our Master Gardener segment is my good friend, Ms. Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, Karen. It's great to be here on this rainy morning. We are so happy that there is rain, Barb. I have been praying for rain for the longest time, and you brought in a little plaque this morning that you must have hanging somewhere in your home, and I love it. I have it in a prominent place, and it said, God made rainy days so gardeners could get their housework done. And boy, I tell you what. We are actually uh, 14 inches short. 14? Oh, my goodness. Of what we normally would have had. Well, I haven't done any housework at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've i been doing this. Uh, my housework have been just taking very small tasks and doing them and saying, now that's good and that's good. But you know that heavy cleaning that they talk about doing? Oh, when? Uh, I don't know. I just don't do that. Yeah. Well. Come to my house, Barb. I, I have to. <laughs> You know, I have to go after the dust. So anything, Oh, yeah, you've got breathing issues. Yeah, right. right. So anything that has a ledge on it, i got to do almost daily. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's so true. Now, this morning, I went out to mail a letter. It was 7 o'clock, and I stayed out till shortly before I came here today because I wanted In the to garden? Get, yes, in the garden, and it was just a mist, and I had my rain jacket. So I thought I'm okay, but I, but you know how it is. I was pulling out some spent annuals. They didn't look good anymore. Yeah. So I couldn't leave the job half undone. See, I'm that way with weeding too. If I start a weed patch, people say, "Well, God, I have all these weeds. Well, just do it till you're done." Is that what's what I do? Yeah. Because I can't. Then you help take my... that off your task. You don't right. Have to do you don't have to look at it. You don't have to right. do that anymore. It isn't quite so easy in the house. I can leave a task half undone there. I can leave all the tasks undone. That's the problem. (laughs) But I tell you, in the wintertime, it's it's deep cleaning, and uh, it's... uh, I'm on overdrive then. Are you? A look, okay. a looking for dirt. And anything that has a little crevice, and I can use a toothpick <laughs> to go down in there and get out the last of the dust, I'm doing that. Do you oh. know what's funny is, uh, you know, I love being outdoors and gardening, but houseplants, you know, I can have the whole winter to do things with them, and they still die because I just don't have that same affinity for houseplants. It's just like, yeah, they're just houseplants. Yeah, I water them once in a while. and if, sure. uh, and if they, I don't know why that is. It's just the weirdest thing. Well, I'm glad you're talking about houseplants because I wanted to mention today, I mean, it's really cold at night, so they should be inside now. And But here's the thing. Maybe the houseplant you put out isn't looking as great as when you put it out, because we had the heat, we had to keep trying to um, water, we had wind, there's all kinds of damage. So you have to make a decision, and that is, um, should I just take some cuttings off from it and bring the cuttings in and then toss the whole plant, or do I want to bring it in and do I have the time? And the room is and part room. of it. Yeah. And am I taking a vacation? You can't expect someone to come into your home and babysit plants that are need Especially loving. if there's like 30 or 40 in your yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, right. They add up, don't they? So, um, so I've been doing that. And um, it just seems because I've done so much watering and fooled with these plants so much, I'm not as attached to them. <laughs> You're tired. <laughs> yes. And, and and what I have are big geranium plants okay. that have lost a lot of leaves. And they just look... Um, they Spent. Look like, 
Yeah, they yeah. look like they've been in a desert or something. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I could take those healthy ends and I can root those. And then I'm thinking, so how many cuttings do I need to take off from a white geranium? Or a coleus. I'm going to probably do the coleus. Yeah, right. Or the coleus. How many do we really need? You know, and somehow you end up with about 10. Have you got room for 10 pots someplace after they do get roots? But they can be littler pots, so that's something to think about. Yeah, but eventually <laughs> they get bigger and they have to well, go that, someplace. That is true. And so, you know, what I usually do is I start the coleus, get some clippings, because my other coleus, you know, in the big pot outside is huge. Mm-hmm. So you just take a bunch of, of clippings. But so if I start with 20, usually by the by the springtime, I've maybe got five that are still alive. Looking good. Because yeah. I forget to water. Oh, I, it's it's a problem. Well, anyway, here's one of the things. You know, I, I put out, well, 28 plus amaryllis. And I didn't pot them all in, in plants this year. I put them uh, right directly into the garden. And I put them in groups of four. And now... This was really advanced thinking, I thought, and pretty smart for myself. I can lift those bulbs out, and they'll go dormant. It takes 12 to 14 weeks for them to bloom. So by Christmas, they're going to have blooms, or at least by New Year's. And I have this area um, that's pretty good size that I improved the soil on and everything. I'm going to plop my spring bulbs right into there the things like uh, tulips and daffodils and that so that's a pretty good idea you take one thing out and you put another thing in you're all set to go that is a great idea because there's just so many things to I mean uh, lacking of room and you know I just brought in loads and loads of new compost and soil so I've got a whole new area that I'm planting Barb you could I could have a heart attack if I had that much space (laughs) and I had these things waiting to go in I know I mean I could I would definitely have a heart attack I'm sure well you know every every day after work I drive out to the lake house and you know the thing is it gets dark by almost seven now so I mean I'm out there working until it's just dark as you can be and last night I was out mixing the compost with with the the soil they brought in some black soil sure. and um, I, I actually dug about 40 holes because I've got a whole bunch of those I started them way back in I want to say February or March by seed those uh, blue fescue mm-hmm. and so now they're probably oh, about they're, they're decent size you saw them out there sure, when you came sure. out there so I will be putting those individual plants in and watering them in and hopefully they'll take enough roots so they'll come back in the spring I'm sure they will I'm sure th- and once they get going I mean uh, all you really have to do is cut them back in the winter if you don't like that look or leave them up. Well, they're going to be so tiny right now. I don't think yeah. they're going to amount to No, no. Yeah. I mean, this is future, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah future. Exa- exactly. And then Grant's lily garden, you know, he's got, he breeds lilies. And so we've got that plot by the house in Mankato that the bulbs are large enough to transplant. So I am taking those nine little squares. They're like foot squares and going to transplant them out. And the, the space I've got out there into three foot squares, right. so they'll be spread out. And so I've got to do all that too, Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's never ending, isn't it? But I have to say, through all of this, neither of us are complaining. We this love is, it. Yeah. We, this is what we love to do, and we look forward to it. Hey, welcome to autumn. Uh, the 22nd Yesterday. was a tumnal equinox. Yes. Equal days of sunlight and darkness. And I think sunrise is about 724. You're probably up to see it. I doubt that I am. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am an early bird. So, yes. yes. Hey, and you know, talking about being up early, 
I don't think we give enough credit to the people who deliver our newspaper, uh, the Mankato Free Press. Uh, sometimes I'm up at 5.30 in the morning. They've already delivered the paper. They put the paper up on the porch. They don't throw it on the steps or they don't throw it in the driveway. They bring it up and set it down. I sure hope the Free Press is paying them enough money, especially with the cost of gas oh my nowadays. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to all those people that deliver or have delivered the newspaper we really appreciate you we get the star tribune and same thing it's you know always there Absolutely. in the morning so you before you go to work you can at least go down the news headlines so yes thank you we appreciate we yes. appreciate all those people and now i think about the people that are going to get busy the the plow drivers are probably getting things all prepped up do you know we have a couple days next week where there's a potential for uh frost Oh, I don't want to hear that. I know, I don't either, but I know you extend the season, and people can extend the season by cover c- covers. Yes, yes, I, I do do that. But um, really, when it gets that cold and the snow's on the ground, it's, you know, it's colder yet. So I don't want that to happen. But before we rush into thinking about snow, <laughs> um, I yeah. had the most wonderful time and experience on Wednesday. I was doing composting at the uh, Children's Museum uh, downtown. Okay. And with me was our new intern, uh, Master Gardener, Kim. Just a delightful person. And she was showing the kids how to make paper pots. You know, so we're oh, not from using, newspaper, yeah. From newspaper, how to fold them and do that. And we were out in the parking lot and it seemed like the... Uh, the winds were at hurricane force. Sometimes they picked up newspaper. They picked up my composting things, and they blew all over. And then that would die down again. And it, but it was a wonderful day. Did did you teach them the eighteen day composting, which is one something you do? Yes, not really, but mostly it was. Uh, they're so young, right? They're these little. children. They had their parents. I had the information with for the parents, and um, especially males that were came with their children, they seemed very interested in getting getting started on, on composting and that there was a simpler method. But what I did, Karen, was I, I brought a bunch of things for the, the children to identify, and we talked about... Being I, for composting. Yes, so I had uh, eggshells that I had pounded and, and reduced them down in size. I had uh, nutshells. I had grass clippings. I had cardboard. And I used, we have a paper cutter, and I cut it up real fine. Okay, here's something really interesting. So I saved the rolls from the paper towels, and then I cut them up, and also the rolls from the toilet, toilet paper. paper. Mm-hmm. And I cut it the long way first, ah. and then slice it across ways, so that, especially with this 18 days, if you want to get compost in 18 days, you need to have your things between one and two inches in Because of the surface area. The, the hard things, mm-hmm. specifically. But I thought for the children, and then we had this this round ball on a spindle, so the children could drop their things in there. Oh. And I was having them say, no, oh, what do you think this is? Oh, well... They got grass, and this little boy said, and they're like from the ages of, I would say, three to age six, and he's very young. He's maybe about four, and he said, 
that's eggshells. But where's the chickens? <laughs> <laughs> and his mother said, well, you know, one time they had chick- They did have chickens there. Okay. But he thought if there was eggshells, there must, must be, be a chicken nearby. Must, yes, oh, absolutely. But we, we had a great time. Did you do the food scraps too, like apple peels or things like that? I or? did. I did apple peels and I left them in strips ah. so that they look like a worm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a, a small size... Um, uh, what do we call a pincher that we use for... A tongs? Tongs. Tongs. I have a smaller sized one. And then it has a little lock on it. So we put it on the, the apple peel and pinched it closed. And then they dropped it off in, in our revolving ball. And then they could spin that around and spin it around. So when you say revolving ball, is that uh, specifically for tumbling compost or something it, you in- it is. invented? Or Dave it is, invented? but it's small. Oh. It's smaller. Okay. So <clears throat> if you had an apartment or something like that, you didn't think you were going to get very much. That would be a good way to do it. I was picturing you with <laughs> your, you know, how have you seen those ice cream makers that you can tumble around the yard? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Except that to make ice been, cream. Well, they would have loved that, too. Oh, yeah. You know, if we could have put it in uh, an ice cream bucket, maybe that's an idea for the future. And everybody rolled it down the sidewalk or something. But, but they were absolutely great. So <clears throat> you can only th- give them so much information. And they like the doing part of it. You know, I'm going to select this. I'm going to feel coffee grounds. I want to, and then telling them, now this is the finished product. This is the soil. The grass that you're standing on is growing in this. Oh, they thought, oh, that's interesting for about five seconds. Then they're ready to go, to go on. run around, do something. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful, though, just to expose them to that. That uh, I was thinking, like, you and I were exposed as we were kids on yes. the farm. Yes. And that's how we grew this love of, of gardening for the rest of your life. I mean, if you have that chance just to see something grow, even if it's in a little cup of bean or something. Sure. I mean, just a great way to get kids just thinking about that. It's um, when a child plants a seed and it sprouts... It is such a miracle in itself. I mean, it still amazes me every time I planted seeds and they start coming up through the soil. Especially you think of a sunflower seed, how it's, you know, maybe half an inch long or or if if that, and then you could get something that's 12 feet tall and you say, wow, how did that happen? Yeah, right. It's just... This is a miracle. It really is. And you know what's good about the Children's Museum? There's so many different things for different ages. We were in the parking lot, but kids were inside. They were doing things inside, too. And uh, I just thought, you know, I don't have any little children in my life right now. My children are... My grandchildren are grown up. I don't have great-grandchildren yet. And I have a few neighbor children... I have more dogs that come and visit me than I do young children. <laughs> right. So visiting with children and seeing how confident they are at such a young age and how they can just take charge and how they stand and listen. And one of the things I observed was there was not a single child in this whole area that was crying or Ooh. whining that was or good. pushing Everybody took their turns, that was and good. it was just like such a such a nice atmosphere. And the nice thing, kids that age, they don't have phones yet, so they're paying attention. Because I know sometimes you get the the teens now, and they are just glued to those things, and oh, that is, yeah. that's a yeah. sad thing to me. Because my boys didn't get phones until this last summer, and one was fifteen, and one was eighteen, and. Uh, 
it's hard for them to put those down. I'd hate to tell you how old I was when I got my first uh, phone, but um, I was already drawing Social Security. So <laughs> I love it. It was. It was. I wasn't young by I any means. I still, you know, I had one for a while, and I don't have one anymore, and I'm okay with that. But. I have it. I carry it in my purse. Um, I can't even tell you what the number is, but if my husband <laughs> he's got it in, in loses his phone. track of me, right. he can call me, and yeah, so so that's really really good. We're, we're dating ourselves, but that's yeah. okay. Hey, you know, I had a question from one of our our coworkers down the hall. He said, you know, I really want to plant trees, but I know fall's not a good time to plant trees or th- or things. And I said, no, fall is an excellent time right, right. to plant trees and shrubs and perennials. And he said, it is. Yeah. So there's people out there that think, no, you can only do it in the spring. But now is a great time to do it because it's it's cool and you know, you can water them in and they'll be able to just take the rest for the winter. And there's a lot of them that are on sale now too. Sure. And you have to remember one thing. Um, if you're planting a young tree, you have to be sure and wrap it. Wrap the yes. bark so that you don't get sun scald and also protect it from the deer. If it's uh, any place where you've got deer visiting, I would certainly do that. You know, the other thing, this wonderful uh, book that you gave me on oak trees. By Doug Tallamy, yes. Yes. Um, I've been reading it chapter by chapter, and I love when he talks about gathering uh, the acorns. <clears throat> and I didn't realize that the white oaks, they're different from the red oaks, in that you gather the acorn of the white oak, and that one you plant out immediately in the fall. The red oak has to has to be cooled for a whole winter before you plant it out, oh. and then it will germinate. Well, can't it be out in the cool out in the winter and then just germinate on its own? Or are you talking if you specifically plant it yourself? Right, because you're going to plant it yourself. In nature, that would happen. Mm. But what happens um, in nature is a lot of times the, the you know the acorns are just prized by so many animals that they're all gathered up in advance. So what the oak tree has to do is called uh, masting, M-A-S-T-I-N-G, and they drop an abundance in alternative years. So so they'll just and then that way there aren't enough um, mammals that are taking them. A, and carrying them away and eating, eating them. them. right, so yeah, they have a chance to survive. So they have a chance to survive. The oak tree is so smart. I just really admired it so much. And so what the author said was, for, for on their 20 acres that they had, where they, they got the white oak um, uh, acorns, and they planted them up in uh, containers, in pots, small pots, but deep enough so the roots could go all the way down and um, put them in a protected place. And then in the spring, sure enough, they germinate, they're up. And then he transferred them to a place where he wanted them. But he, of course, put fencing around them because he was in the country. But, you know, you have to know, I don't know. I couldn't identify the different oaks. White oak, red oak. Swamp oak, burr oak. My dad taught me how to do that. And, you know, some of them have the more rounded leaves some of them have them with the points on them and I used to be able to do that I don't think I remember anymore but yeah there's it's a lot was with the way the leaves are shaped yes I'm sure it is and you know like when I'm in Georgia we have what they call um, the living oak you know and uh, they have these huge acorns 
with this. Bigger than the ones we have, like golf ball size? or uh, No, they're not that big. But by the time you see the, the protective coating that they're in, they get bigger. Oh. And it's very hard and, and nubby. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the author said that the Blue Jays, they are really great at uh, taking the acorns from one place. They'll fly as much as a mile away and, and redistribute those for you. And uh, so that's how the, his early oaks on his farm, when he started taking out the the nasty brambles and things and had this bare ground. The next spring he had these little oak spouts coming up and they finally traced it to, to a mile away where there was a big white oak. Oh yes, birds are, are very responsible for spreading a lot of things, including that's why you want to get rid of buckthorn because buckthorn can become invasive because the birds will help spread that as well. Oh yes. You know, what the blue jay did was its beak has been it's got a little crook on the end. It's a little bit so it can get off that outside hard the shell. Pull it, eat it. So as the oak has de- uh, evolved with strategies to survive, the blue jay has evolved along with it to utilize those. So <coughs> very interesting. Nature is just is is fascinating, Barbara. Well, yes, that's why we so much love to be telling kids about it and. <clears throat> introducing them at any level. You know, s- tomorrow, Saturday, 12 o'clock, I'm going to be out to drummers. Oh, okay. I'm going to bring my my different things with and talk about composting. So again. you're doing a talk there? Yes, yes. And now, is this for the drummers? Do the, is it a free, or do they have to pay to do No, it? it's uh, it's free. Okay, so Barb will be at drummers tomorrow at what time, you said? 12 noon. Noon? They have a series. And this is where you're talking about your 18-step uh, composting. Yes, well, yes, that, right, right. As well as giving out information or anything else they're interested in. Okay. A lot of times people come to a class like this and they want to know what's wrong. You know, like you said, I'm getting a smell off from this new compost that I had brought into the yard. Well, generally, too much nitrogen will do that. And you just have to start adding the carbon, you know, or you have to mix it deeper in the soil, uh, loosen it up with something. So. Or they'll take a something that looks like it's got a disease, you know, what disease do you think this is, and all kinds of questions. And, you know, we can answer a lot of them, but if we don't know, we, we also can have access, and we, anyone does, to the Extension Service, which is a great resource. Exactly, exactly. And just connecting them with the Extension Office. My goodness, those people are so helpful. They're not selling anything. They just want to help you with your question, you know? Right. So, Barb, I'm going to ask you, are you planting garlic or have you? Because isn't now the time to plant your garlic? It, it is, but I didn't. I dug my garlic up at Good Council because that's where the majority of it's been. I do have it in my raspberry patch, you know, just as a preventative. Trying well, you know, I was going to yeah, but ask you about that because I <clears> wanted <throat> to plant uh, garlic and I just wasn't sure where to do it so I've got a raspberry patch would you recommend that I put it in there well yeah, I would because um, this isn't science this is just you know I mean because raspberries have shade you know they'll make shade for it so right. that's still okay yeah because if, if it isn't that thick and actually in my patch you know the raspberries um that after they, they have a good chance like now in the fall when you plant it the leaves are gone on the raspberries. Right, sure. And if you're watering <clears throat> and you're covering them for winter, they'll get a good start. What I want to do is keep the those black fruit 
bugs out of my yeah. raspberries. And since I've been doing this, I really don't have uh, those black bugs that used to get into my... You don't get any off flavors in the berries, do you? No, no. <laughs> well, you know how they say you shouldn't plant some plants together <coughs> yeah, or not? Because right. sometimes they can, well, sometimes they can stunt the, the, the growth of the sure. other roots or things like that. And I didn't know if they would sure. transfer to icky taste or something. But, you know, to answer your question, if, if, I, if I were going to plant a um, vegetable garden with uh, garlic, I would have it in now. That would be a very good well, time. Well, I have, I bought some bulbs, so I, uh, the garlic <laughs> bulbs, and I don't put them in. Last year, I put them in so late that they got in the winter and they were, had rotted because they froze and never, you Sure. Know, Why don't you mix them in with your new border that you're putting in? Oh, really? You think garlic? Oh, oh yeah, right. I mean, when it blooms and, and when you get this height and you're doing these prairie yeah. grasses anyway, it'll look absolutely great. Well, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. How deep do you plant a garlic? Because you plant one of the cloves, right? It, yes. One single clove for each hill. Or just go down, I would say, uh, three inches. You know, oh, two you know what? Inches. Maybe I will do that because why not? Uh, yeah, because get them in this year, you'll get a crop next year, and then if you want to move them, you always can. Okay. And and maybe they will, like you said, just de- de- deter insects or something. Yeah. So yeah. I'm putting all these these blue fescues along the driveway, which means we'll pile a lot of snow on it. It won't have salt or anything, but they should do okay with a lot of snow cover. In fact, maybe that's good, do you think? I think so. I think so, yeah. Because I know Jeff has said don't plant shrubs too <laughs> close because you'll, if you pile snow on that, can break the branches and things. Well, yeah, that's true. And you get... On a driveway like that, you're going to get a lot of snow, I would imagine, that you're going to have to plow to the sides because where else would you put it? We all do it by hand. We don't have a plow, but yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That's <laughs> that's a nice little job, too, in the winter, isn't it? Yeah. We we got we have teenage boys now that we can get to do that, which is helpful. Anything else you'd like to add, things coming up besides come and see Barb tomorrow at the drummers to watch your compost thing right. at, at noon? Well, I am also, um, I'm collecting seeds off from plants, Oh, um, and I'm spreading them out in paper in my greenhouse and letting them dry off more. I am going to get them packaged and labeled and get the year on it because sometimes I package things. I put them in my refrigerator and I forget what year it was. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to do that. Uh, I've got my balsams, which I've been raving about now for weeks. Uh, I have to wait for the outside of the seed pod to get yellow. And then you you pick it. If you pick it when it's still a little bit green, they're not ripe enough, you know. So they can be, when they're that fleshy, they can start molding. So um, I'm, I'm going to do that this week. I'm sure they'll be ready. Well, very good. Well, <coughs> I know I'm going to get out there. It's beautiful weather. This rain is going to help a little bit, but I think we're still going to have to water for, you need to water till the, the end of the fall. And I am going to schedule a coration. Uh, aeration in the uh, the yard too because Good idea too. mine is very compacted and is now the time to do that? Yeah, it sure is. And right. then throw some, I think I'm going to throw clover seed in to overseed. Oh, sure. It wouldn't hurt to put down some compost if you've got any of that to spare. Get that in your grass too. Excellent. Thanks, Barb. Always great <laughs> to have you on. Barb Lampson, our master gardener.